That was good. Okay, so Chavtes Samad Beis. Today's daf is daf Lamid, and we pick up from the new parak, the third parak, um, with the Mishnah concerning Hilchas Dalid Minim. Particularly, we're going to f- the four species, right? Lulav Esrog Hadasim and Aravis, the mur- the the Lulav the Esrog, the Myrtle and the Willow. I'm not even going to translate that a Lulav is a palm frond because we're more familiar with the word Lulav than palm frond, and I'm not going to. There's no need to translate Esrog as um, what's an esrog in English? Not an ethrog. That's what they hear. Uh, a citron. Yeah? We're, we're more familiar with what an esrog is than we are a citron. So we have a little of esrog. A hadat is a myrtle branch. And a rava is a willow. This mission is going to focus on the laws of lulav in particular. Now, it's very important as we read this Mishnah to see a number of Rashis with it because they're going to be very surprising. And Rashi is really going to set us up for the Gemara's discussion. Okay? It's very important to see Rashi's with this. It's going to be surprising. Here we go. Let's start reading. Lulav Hagazel. We have the place? Yeah, we got it? Anybody? Okay. Lulav Hagazel. A stolen Lulav. Vehayabesh. And a dried out Lulav. Puzzle is puzzle. You cannot use a stolen or dried out lulav. Let's move across in Tarashi right away. Why can you not use a stolen lulav? Says Rashi. Lulav kafshal tamar. And first, a lulav, you should know, it's a, it's a branch from a date palm tree. V'hadar tani hadas Later on, we're going to learn the halachas of a, a myrtle and a willow. Guzzle if it's stolen, puzzle. It's not a kosher lulav. Because the Torah says, you need to take for yourself, it must be yours. Now let me ask you a question. This pasuk of it needs to be yours is only by Yom Harishon. So if a stolen lulav is puzzled because of this verse, it's only going to be a problem on day number one. According to this pasuk, according to the way Rashi is explaining why a stolen lulav is an issue, you should be allowed to use a stolen lulav, not that you're allowed to steal it, but if you did, you get your mitzvah on day two through seven. Only on day number one is a stone lulav going to be a problem, according to the pasuk that Rashi is quoting here, which is very interesting. Got it? So a stolen lulav is not good, because on the first day it needs to be yours, and when you steal it, it's not yours. Okay. Let's keep reading. Next Rashi, Yavish, a dried out lulav. Okay. Now we don't know yet what dried out means. Rashi is not going to get into that now. The Gemara will. Do you just can you picture in your let's picture in our minds? You know, when you pick up a lulav, somebody gives you a lulav, or you inspect it to buy one. So there's always going to be a little bit of that brownish shredding on the opposite side of the shedra of the spine. You know, it's always that brownish, right? And very often, towards the tippy top of a lulav, you'll find. Dry, uh, you know, a, a dried out area as well. If when you find such a thing, 
That's not going to passel it up in halacha. But it is a little dry on top, right? How dry is dry? So we're going to have to learn in the Gemara, you know, um, what Yavesh means. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Now let's read Rashi. Why is a dried out lulav not kosher? Listen to this. Says Rashi. Because you need hidur and mitzvah. You need to beautify the mitzvah. This is my God and I will exalt him. I will glorify him. Where's this Pasuk written? By the Kriyas Yamsuf. After Klal Yisrael crossed the Yamsuf, we said Oz Yashir. And we said the same way HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us across the Red Sea, took us across the Yamsuf in first class fashion, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have just split the sea. The ground could have remained muddy and we wouldn't have cared. We, all we were concerned about was our lives. The water splits, we're out of here. But no, when Hashem does something, He does it first class. We, take a, we, we walked across, the floors were smooth, no mud, it was fantastic. There's fruit growing out of the walls. The walls were strong, solid. It was a beautiful atmosphere because Baruch Hu took care of us. So too we say in Oz Yashir, Zekeli, this is my God, and I will beautify my mitzvahs. When I serve Hashem, I'm not going to do it haphazard. When we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you do it right. And when you do a mitzvah, you do it right. But let me ask you a question. Usually, Hidur Mitzvah is a choice. You have a regular mitzvah, and then you have the Hidur Mitzvah, to beautify the mitzvah, right? According to Rashi here, why is a dried out lulav not kosher? Because there's no Hidur Mitzvah. You understand? It's a, it's a big Hiddish. And the Gemara is going to get into this, but apparently, just, just notice right here, the obligation of Hidur Mitzvah when it comes to the Dalit Minim, when it comes to the four species, is more crucial than a lot of other mitzvahs. Okay. Let's go back into the Mishnah. A stolen lulav and a dried out lulav is possible. Next halacha. When you have a lulav that comes from a date palm tree that was served as Avodazara. Okay, so people were serving this date palm as an Avedizara. And now you ripped off a lulav and you want to use it on sukkahs. Are you let to use Avodizara for your mitzvah? No. Vishalir Nidachas. Or a, a branch, a lulav, from an Iranidachas. An Iranidachas is a city where most of the people served Avodizara. So in the Torah, there's a mitzvah to basically destroy the entire city. And anything that's in it is obligated to be plundered and burnt and, uh, and taken down. So puzzle, it's also puzzle. Now the reason why it's puzzle without getting inside, but this is also a big chiddush that Rashi is going to point out to us, is that we're going to learn there's a minimum measurement of lulav. A lulav needs to be at least four tfachim tall. You know people walk at the shuls with six foot lulavim, and an average lulav will call it three to four feet. You know how big a lulav has to be? 15, 16 inches. Right? Four tfachim. That's it. Four hands. You don't need a grisa lulav. You come, all the people come in loading it on flatbed trucks. You don't need such a big lulav. If you have an easier time holding a small lulav, gewaldic, no problem whatsoever. Now, but it has to be at least four tfachim. 
a lulav that's obligated to be burnt doesn't have any tfachim. This is very interesting. It's as if it's burnt. The reason why you cannot use a lulav of an asherah or an erenidachah is because since there's an obligation to destroy it, it's missing its shear. It's missing its measurement. Okay. Next part of the Mishnah, next Nikdam Raishai, if the top of the Lulav is cut off, Nifritu Alav, or the leaves are torn. Okay? Now, what does it mean it's torn? On a Lulav, there's a number of overlapping branches, leaves on the spine. If the leaves are torn off and now you rehold them back together, you know the leaves that people take off to, um, you know, for their kaishik lach, for their holders, and also for the knots, the ties around the lulav, right? You're allowed to take leaves off your lulav as long as you leave the requisite amount of leaves. But you can't take off all your leaves and instead of using them for your ties, you kind of just, oh, Put it back on the spine, tie it together, Shalom al Yisrael. No, you're not allowed to do that. Puzzle. Nifredu alav kosher. But if the leaves are separated, which means, you know, you ever see on these date prompts, sometimes you leave, on the, the date prompts, sometimes you leave the lulav a little too long, the leaves start to spread out. But they remain attached. They just start to spread out. So then, kosher. It's going to be kosher. Rabbi Yehuda says, if that happens, I agree it is kosher. However, you should tie it towards the top. Meaning, if it does spread out, what you should do is take a, take a, a, a leaf, right? a, a leaf from the lulav, we'll call it, and we'll see why we take a leaf of a lulav later on in Mir and tie it so that it at least looks like it's, be, it's closer to the spine. Tzine hara barzel kshiras. And also tzine hara barzel are, um, are kosher. Okay, and we'll learn later on the Gemara what tzine hara barzel are. It's a specific type of lulav, um, which the Gemara is going to tell us basically the branches, the, I'm sorry, the, the, the leaves that go up alongside the lulav don't overlap in the usual fashion. And we'll see what the, we'll see exactly how uh, how it overlaps in the Gemara Merzah Last halacha of the Mishnah is lulav sheyesh by shloisha tfachim by kasher. A lulav that has at least three tfachim in order to shake is going to be kosher. Now, what does that mean? So remember, we learned previously the reason why a lulav that was used for Abu Dazara or an Irani Dachas is not kosher because it's lacking its four tfachim of measurements. That's this halacha, the Mishnah. What does it mean you need three tfachim to shake? One tefach is where your fist holds it on bottom, and then three additional tfachim that can shake. That is the minimum required size of a lulav. Okay, so you need a total of four tfachim. One tefach is where your hand is going to be, and three additional tvachim for the lula. All right, here we go. Now that we gave, spent a little bit of time on that Mishnah, and we went through it with Rashi, the rest of this Gemara should flow smooth. We're now familiar. Let's go. Kapasik Vitani, the Mishnah gave up It says, Lulav Hagazel, a stolen Lulav, 
is puzzled throughout Sukkot. Now, Bishlama Yavesh, when it's dried out, Hadarbina Malaka, if the whole reason is because you have to beautify the mitzvah, well, you need beautification all seven days, and if it's dried out, it's not beautiful, I understand why it's not valid on all seven days. Ella Gozel, when it comes to a stolen lulav, why is it not kosher? Bishlama Yom Tabrishan, it makes sense on the first day of Sukkot, it's not kosher because of the Pasuk Rashi quoted, which was, Bichsib Lachem, it's got to be yours, Bishalchem, and it's not yours, El Biyom Tabrishani, am I like? On the second day of Sukkot, why can I not use a stolen lulav? Let me use a stolen lulav. It doesn't need to be mine. It only needs to be mine on day number one. Good question. Answers the Gemara. Amar says, in the name of we now turn to the top of today's daf. Yeah, some of us are familiar with this topic. Because Are you allowed to do a mitzvah that comes through an Avera? Now that I did an Avera, I'm going to perform a mitzvah with it, right? You steal money and you give that money to tzedakah. Is that, uh, that's not, what's the story? Not, that's not Red Riding Hood. Who's the guy who uh, who uh, steals money from the rich and gives it to the poor and people think he's a tzaddik? Who is that? Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Thank you. Right? No such thing. You're allowed to steal, take money that, that's not rightfully yours, and give it to somebody. All of a sudden, you're a big tzaddik? Of course not. That's not even a mitzvah. When you give it to the poor, you didn't even get a mitzvah. Says the Gemara, Mishum Dabin Mitzvah, Baba Vera. It's a mitzvah, Baba Vera. You steal a lulav and you shake it on day two to day seven? What? You bring the stolen and the sick animals as a carbon. Hashem says, come on, you can't. You don't show up to the Mizbeach uh, in the Mishkan with, with animals that you stole. Oh, look what a tzaddik I am. I'm, I'm sacrificing them to God. It's not yours. Get your hands off. Gozel to me to Piseach. We say stolen is similar to a Piseach, an animal that, that's lame and can't walk. Not Piseach, just like an animal that's lame. It is not fit for the Mizbeach. So to a stolen animal, uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. So to a stolen animal, less like takanta. If it's stolen, end the story. You cannot bring this as a carbon. Ah, you're going to say, one second. We know when it comes to a lost item, if the owner gave up hope, now it's hefker, it's ownerless, and finders, keepers, losers, weepers. So why don't we say somebody steals from someone else? The owner gave up hope. It's now Hefker. Oh, so now the thief takes ownership. Says the Gemara, eh-eh. No. No, I'll tell you why. Bisham al-Fnei Yish, when this before Yish, before the owner gives up hope, Adam Gakim Mikamim Rachman, the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch only wants something you to offer, something that's from yours. Velavdi Dehi, you can't bring an animal that's stolen, it ain't yours. Elachar Yish, but once there is Yish, how can you be Yish? Maybe he acquired it. Maybe he owns it now. The problem is, which is another reason. You can't bring something as a mitzvah when it's coming about through an avera. There's no such thing. Okay? So, even after day number one, where it says, and therefore you can't use it, we're learning out from Hilchus Karbonos, the laws of sacrifice is the same way. You're not allowed to bring a stolen animal because it's compared to a lame animal and it's never going to be fit because of mitzvah bavira. So too, when it comes to these mitzvot, you're not allowed to use a stolen lulav on day number one because it's not lachem and on day two through seven because of mitzvah bavira. All right, straight up, very sensible. Another statement of Rabbi Yechon in the name of Shemini Now, sometimes when you quote right out the bottom of Amud Bez, 
we quoted Rabbi Yechon according to Shem Ben Yechai, so sometimes we'll give a totally separate, random halacha in the name of the same person. This is actually going to be a similar halacha, you know, on the same, the same topics. Here we go. Rabbi Yechon says it's the name of Shem Ben Yechai. What does it mean? I am a Kaddish Baruch Hu who loves Mishpat, loves justice. Sainay Gezel, I hate stealing. Be'abla, which, I'm sorry, Be'ayla, like for a carbonyla. It's a muscle, it's a parable to a king who is traveling on a toll road. Listen to this. Now, who collects the tolls? The king. The government. The king collects the toll. But now the government is traveling on the road. The king is traveling on the road. So he's basically, if he pays a toll, what's going to happen? He's moving it from his right pocket to his left pocket. Okay? But he says, go go pay the toll collector at the booth. Okay? They said to the king, uh, excuse me, uh, our, your highness, why are you giving them the money? You're transferring pockets from your left to your right. I want people to learn by example. When they see me paying tolls, they'll also pay tolls. Who says, listen to this, a beautiful parable. I hate stealing, even when you're going to bring it to me. Who owns everything in this world? God. So let me say like this. You know what Tumblr's going to say? You know what uh, Robin Hood is going to say? Everything belongs to Hashem anyway. If it's in Tumblr's pocket, belongs to God's Baruch If it's in Miller's pocket, belongs to God's Baruch Hu. So let me go take your money. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anyway. I'm not stealing. I'm just putting, your mo- I'm putting the money back into HaKadosh Baruch Hu's pocket the same way as if it's, it was in my pocket. That's not stealing. No, 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 I don't want anybody having anything to do with stealing. Even if you're going to be mocker of it to me as an ayla. So that people learn, keep their hands off other people's property. Okay. We learn similarly. All right? So far, so good. Seems to stim. Seems to work out well with our Mishnah. And stolen lulav is only a problem on day number one. According to Rabbi Yitzhak, if you actually use a stolen lulav on day two through day seven, a person will have fulfilled their obligation. Okay? The same way you could borrow a little bit, it doesn't need to be yours. So too when you, um, so too when you steal a lulav, it's going to be okay, even though it's not yours. Okay, now, let's just keep in mind. According to this statement of Rabbi Yitzchak, he obviously is not agreeing to the whole drusha learned out from sacrifices, from karbonas, that a mitzvah bababavir is a problem. His main focus on why a stolen lulav is an issue, his only focus really is on the Pasuk of Lachem, it needs to be yours. And since it only needs to be yours on day number one, on day two through seven, it's okay. Aye, what about the drasha from Karbanas? Maybe he doesn't agree with the connection 
the Gzereshava, we'll call it, or the Hekish, between um, Hilchas Lulav and, uh, I'm sorry, between um, the lame animal, the animal that can't walk, and the stolen animal. Okay. Asked a challenging question, Lulav of Yavish possible that stolen or dried out as possible, Hoshol Kosher seems to imply a borrowed Lulav on any day is going to be okay. Did we say, if you borrow a Lulav, did our Mishnah say it's a problem? No. So that means you can always borrow a Lulav. That's our, that's our diuk. That's what we're inferring. Says the Gemara, Amos, when, is, when are you allowed to borrow a Lulav? Even if you don't have to would say you're allowed to borrow a, uh, a Lulav on day number one. Not true. Hoksev Bacham, it's got to be yours. Mishalcham. When it's not yours, it must be that you're allowed to borrow the whole halach of the Mishnah that talks about where you're not allowed to use a stolen lulav. Also means you're not allowed to borrow a, a you're not allowed to borrow a lulav. But it still says gazol's puzzle. See, it's a question. Um, uh, it's a question on Rabbi Yitzchak. According to Rabbi Yitzchak, you're allowed to steal. You're allowed to use. A, you're not allowed to steal. But if you did, you're allowed to use a stolen lulav on day two through seven. I, but Rabbi Yitzchak, the whole Mishnah is only talking about day two through seven. It's, the Mishnah's halacha is not on day number one. Because if it was day number, if the Mishnah's halacha was concerning day number one, it would have also said that a borrowed lulav is a problem. And it didn't. It must be that we're focusing on day two through seven. And the Mishnah is saying on day two through seven, a stolen lulav is a problem. What are you, Rabbi Yitzchak, going to do with that, with, with that diuk? Says the Gemara Amar Ravah. Rabbi says, No, our Mishnah is dealing with day number one of Sukkot. Let me buy a and it's giving us a let me buy. Meaning, I don't even need to tell you something. Let's read this. Let me buy show when it comes to borrowing a lulav. Listen to this. It's gonna be a fascinating zach. Until now, let's talk outside for a moment before we continue reading. Until now, we've been assuming if you're allowed to use a stolen lulav, you could certainly use a borrowed lulav because you have the owner's permission. Now the Gemara is going to switch it around and say no. There's even room to say you can use a stolen lulav more than you're allowed to use a borrowed lulav. You may be allowed to use a stolen and not allowed to use a borrowed. How's it possible? Let's read this inside. When it comes to a borrowed lulav, certainly not yours, you're borrowing it. But when you steal something, yeah, granted, you're doing an Avera. However, you may still acquire it. It's a sin. But you may have acquired it because the owner was and now it's mine. I have stolen property. But it's mine. So maybe it's Lachem. Maybe, eh, okay, so I'm a Ghana, fine. So I, stole, uh, I shouldn't have done that. But now there's a separate thing happening here. I want to do a mitzvah lulav. Kamashlan, the mission lets us know that guzzle as well, even if it's stolen on day number one, it's not yours enough to be to be allowed to use it for a mitzvah, uh, to be allowed to use it for the mitzvah. Amlu Ravuna Lanu Avankari. Ravuna said to Avankari, fascinating halacha, a fascinating story. Okay. These were people who would sell the Dalad Minim. Yeah? They were Meichrim, as we call them. You know, people go, they sell. You know, we, we do it with Shul. Yeah, actually, we put it out this week in the Shul's bulletin. It means we're almost uh, coming up on Rishchei uh, Deshel, right? we got six weeks till Sukkah. So we started 
putting out the Dalit Minim forms for people to sign up. He, sold, he told the people who would sell the, the Dalit Minim, when you buy Hadassim, Asa is a Hadass, from the non-Jews, you should not be the ones to cut the branches off of the tree. You shouldn't do it. Sometimes they would say, oh, okay, you could cut, you know, you give us $100 and we'll let you cut off 100 Hadassim. You should not be the ones to cut it down. They let them cut it down and give it to you. My time, what's the reason? Because very often had originally taken the land by force from Jewish owners. So technically, it may not even be theirs. Okay? The karka ain't Top of Amad base. And we know you could steal metaltlin, you could steal movable property. You can never fully steal and acquire real estate. Okay? Therefore, Hilkach, Ligzazua, and who? Let them, but you don't know that. You don't know. This could be going back 100 years to great grandfather. So let them cut it down. So that an action is done and the Yosh happens by them. Now they're going to become owners. Vishino Yarashos, Bedaihu. And the Shina Rishos happens in their hands. Says Gemara, one second. Saif Saif, Kigazu Avankri, Lahavi Yosh Bailam Beidayu, Vishina Yarashos Biyadam. Okay? Even if these Jewish Meichrim would be the ones to, uh, to cut down the branches, the Shinoi Rishos is still happening by them. So you should still be allowed to use it for the mitzvah because either way, once the transfer of ownership, even if they're the ones who cut it down, the ownership comes. Um, when the when it enters their hand, right? It's not when you transfer the money; it's when it enters in. That's the first time it happens. So let them also be the ones who are able to cut it down. Okay. So when did he tell them to be careful about this? This is when um, this is not for the hadasa that they're going to be selling to the yidden, where it's transferring hands, and that's where the shino is going to happen. But it's talking about the, the hadassin that they want on for themselves. So over there, you should, if you're going to use it for yourself, there's not going to be an extra change of domain. And make sure that they cut down the ones that, are you, that you're going to use personally so the shinoi happens um, at the time of the cutting, not at the time of the sale to the other yidin. Let the change happen, bishinoi maisa. Now, the shinoi maisa is as soon as, even if the yidin are the ones to cut it, I said, where's the Shinoi? Maybe when you connect the Hadassim to the Lulav. Now it's connected to a Lulav. That's considered a Shinoi Maisa, a change in action. And that's where the ownership happens. And they would still get their mitzvah. Answer the Gemara, because no, you don't need to tie it together. Therefore, if you don't need to, it's not considered a change. Even if you're going to say that you do need to tie it together, it's something that could go back to the way it was Originally, why? Because in any of our lulavim, right, we connect the lulav, hadasim, and aravas. Are you able to disconnect the hadasim and aravas? Absolutely. So if you're always able to disconnect it, even when it's connected, it's not considered a change. Because it can always be changed right back. Anything that can always be changed right back is not considered a change. I asked the Gemara, 
but maybe they should acquire it with a change in the name and what it's called. Why? Before you put the Hadassim with the Lulav, it's called Havale Asa. It's called a Hasa. It's called the Myrtle Branch. And now that you connect it to the Lulav, we turn to the top of tomorrow's Daf, Haishana. It's called a Haishana, right? You say, oh, you have beautiful Haishanas attached to Lulav. So now that the name changes, that itself should be an acquisition for these Jewish Meichrim. And it should be okay for their mitzvah, even if they're the ones who cut it down. Says the Gemara, Meikara Nami La'asa Hishana Karalei. No. Uh, people always refer to Hishana. Yeah, people, even we, right, we have an Arava bush in front of Shul. That's what we call them. We call them, that's what it's there for Hishana. So he said, original, originally we thought everybody calls uh, Arava uh, Asa before the mitzvah, and then it changes to Hishana at the time of the mitzvah. Says the Gemara, not true. Not true. Even before the mitzvah, it's called Hashanah, and therefore, when I put it together, the Shini Hashem is not enough. Hence, we're going back to our original point, which is, what did Rav Huna tell the Jewish sellers? Make sure that for your own personal Hashanah, you're the ones who cut it off the tree. This way, I'm sorry, make sure that the Goyim are the ones who, uh, who cut it off the tree. This way, a Shinoi happens before you actually... Uh, perform your mitzvah. And we'll hold it here for today. We're up to Toner Rabbanon on the second line on Lamed Aleph, Amad Aleph, Bez Hashem. We will pick up from here, continuing on this uh, this beautiful topic, uh, or unfortunately beautiful topic of stealing. Right Until now, we've been talking about a stolen lulav, and we're going to get into other mitzvahs that are done through an Avera. We'll pick up from here, 945 on Matzei Shabbos. A gitin, gitin Shabbos, everybody.